Welcome to the Making Sense Podcast. This is Sam Harris. Just a note to say that if you're hearing this, you are not currently on our subscriber feed and will only be hearing the first part of this conversation. In order to access full episodes of the Making Sense Podcast, you'll need to subscribe at samharris.org. There you'll find our private RSS feed to add to your favorite podcatcher, along with other subscriber-only content. We don't run ads on the podcast, and therefore it's made possible entirely through the support of our subscribers. So if you enjoy what we're doing here, please consider becoming one. Today I'm speaking with Jeff Hawkins. Jeff is the co-founder of Numenta, a neuroscience research company, and also the founder of the Redwood Neuroscience Institute. And before that, he was one of the founders of the field of handheld computing, starting Palm and Handspring. He's also a member of the National Academy of Engineering, and he's the author of two books. The first is On Intelligence, and the second and most recent is A Thousand Brains, A New Theory of Intelligence. And Jeff and I talk about intelligence from a few different sides here. We start with the brain. We talk about how the cortex creates models of the world, the role of prediction in experience. We discuss the idea that thought is analogous to movement in conceptual space. But for the bulk of the conversation, we have a debate about the future of artificial intelligence, and in particular, the alignment problem and the prospect that AI could pose some kind of existential risk to us. As you'll hear, Jeff and I have very different takes on that problem. Our intuitions divide fairly sharply. And as a consequence, we have a very spirited exchange. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoy it. And now I bring you Jeff Hawkins. I'm here with Jeff Hawkins. Jeff, thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks for having me, Sam. It's a pleasure. I think we met probably just once, but I feel like we met about 15 years ago at um, one of those Beyond Belief conferences at the Salk Institute. Does that ring a bell? You know, I was at one of the Beyond Belief conferences, and I don't recall meeting you there, but it's totally possible. And I just Yeah, it's possible we didn't meet, but I, just, I remember... I think we had an exchange where, you know, one of us was in the audience and the other was, I mean, so we had an ex exchange over 50 feet or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that, that uh, makes sense. Yeah. I yeah. was in the audience and, and I was speaking up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. And I was, I was probably on stage defending some cockamamie conviction. Uh, well, anyway, nice to, to almost meet you once again. And uh, you have a new book, which uh, we'll cover part of, not in, by no means exhausting its topics of interest, but the, the new book is A Thousand Brains, and um, it's a work of neuroscience and also a discussion about the, uh, the frontiers of AI and where all this is, is heading. But maybe we should start with the, the brain part of it and, and start with the really novel and circuitous and entrepreneurial route you've taken to get into neuroscience. This is the the non-standard course to becoming a neuroscientist. Give us your, your um, brief biography here. How did you get into these topics? Well, I, I, I fell in love with, uh, with brains when I was, just got out of college. So I studied electrical engineering in college. And 
right after I started my first job at Intel, I, I read an article by Francis Crick uh, about brains and how we don't understand their work. And, and I just became enamored. I said, oh my God, we should understand this. This is me. I am my brain. And, and I, no one seems to know how this thing is working. And I just couldn't accept that. And so I decided to uh, dedicate my life to figuring out what's going on when I'm thinking and, and how we, you know, who we are basically as a species. And it was a difficult path. So I, I quit my job. I, I essentially applied to, uh, to become a graduate student first in, at MIT in AI, but then I, I settled at uh, Berkeley in neuroscience. And I said, okay, I'm gonna, you know, we're going to spend my life figuring out how the, the neocortex works. And I found out very quickly that that was a very diff, not difficult thing to do scientifically, but difficult to do from, a, from the practical aspects of science, that you couldn't get funding for that. It was considered too ambitious. You know, there was theoretical work, and people didn't fund theoretical work. So after a couple of years as a graduate student at Berkeley, I set a different path. I said, okay, I'm going to go back to work in industry for, for a few years to mature, to uh, figure out how to make institutional change, because I was up against an institutional problem, not just a scientific problem. And that turned into a series of successful businesses that I was involved with and started, including Palm and Handspring. These are some of the early uh, handheld computing companies. And we were having a tremendous amount of success with that. And it was, but it was never my mission to, to stay in the handheld computing industry. I wanted to get back to neuroscience, and everybody who worked for me knew this. Mm -hmm. In fact, it was, it was a, you know, I told the investors, 